Hey, this is Luke Fagenbush, and, I'm Lauren and Hutton. welcome. Hey, there's Lauren yes, Hutton. Yes, I am. And, oh, <laughs> welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yeah, baby. Nailed it. A podcast where performers talk about dying on stage and doing really bad. It's all um, about our death. It's that's not it, true. <laughs> it's not true at all. No, we don't talk to dead people. That's not what we do here. We should start another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just every young comedian's thought 24 hours a day. Yeah, I definitely... No, uh, we got Alex Schubert. And, uh, <laughs> Alex is a very special performer because I don't think we've had a DJ on No, before. we have not, sir. We've had other musical variety acts in the past, but Shuby Shubes, he's our first DJ. He does all sorts of things. He does high-end weddings, corporate affairs. I'm pretty sure you can catch him. Puppet shows. Puppet shows, you know, if you need a, a sick beat. To your to your felts, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, the people, the proclaimers, the people who did five hundred miles. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All all of their music videos are with puppets. They're twin brothers. What does that have uh, to do with Alex Schubert? Well, D, uh, DJ Shubes, he is a puppet. <laughs> DJ for their puppet show because they separately do music and puppetry. Oh, it's really only the music videos where those two things combine. I, I, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. Well, uh, what else did we talk about in this this wonderful, fantastic uh, piece of podcastery? Uh, just DJing, the DJing life, uh, the DJing lifestyle. Slapping uh, the sliders and flipping those switches. Yeah, uh, we learn what those ones and twos are. Right? Because I hear it, I say it, but it's like there's two of what? For the longest time, I thought DJs were people that dropped out of school and they couldn't count past two. Yeah, they're just like, and with music, you need at least four. I mean, you can do a lot with two. Yeah, yeah, but that's <laughs> just ex our no, guest. That's not Alex true. Schubert. It's, hey, hey, he'll fight you over that. He will. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's an angry, suppressed person who takes everything that's out on the first guy who looks puppets. at him funny. He can't work with real people anymore. He's too mad. He's just too mad. Oh man. Okay. Um, yeah. And what else does he, he do? Does, I he, don't know. Uh, he doesn't do anything else. He's he's a puppeteer, yeah. right? That's what we're saying. Alex Schubert is a puppeteer. No, he DJ's puppet shows. Oh, that's right. Maybe he puppeteers. I, doesn't he tell yeah. jokes? Yeah, oh, he's like and a comedian. He does comedy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He also does yep. comedy. Yep. Those uh, are the Enjoy things. the episode, yep. guys. Right. Bye. I mean, I'm doing okay. We're just talking, we're recording, we're we're doing uh how I stopped worrying and and learned to love the bomb. Did I say that correctly? I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> we're both pretty it's such a long name pretty from... iffy on the title. All right, I think we got a nice hot signal. Luke's explained everything to you, right? Uh, a little bit. Just talk about bombing in general. It was just not only stand up, but just bombing in general and how to not worry about it and just learn to embrace it. <laughs> That's my favorite question to ask in the beginning because so far we've recorded, like, I don't know, like a dozen of these. And every time I ask the guest, yeah, Luke's explained everything to you, right? Their, their reaction is never super strong. Like I never, <laughs> I never get the impression that Luke has properly explained the show to anyone because every single time the response is just like, well, yeah, kind of. 
Never the same answer. <laughs> Luke just like, hey, look at the title. That just kind of explains it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's all the information. Well, I right don't there. sound like a. I don't sound like a dick when I say it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> look at the title, dummy. What do you think it's about? <laughs> How I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. That's pretty much what this is about. I don't know, man. I still had to explain it to my girlfriend. She was like, what are you guys even doing? I don't know what any of that means. Are you talking about, like, military actions? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Nothing about me screams military. How often do comedians even join the military? I don't think that. No, 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 no. Soldiers start doing comedy, not the other way around. Like, comedians don't join the military. We're not all Bill Murray and Stripes. What happens is is soldiers start to try and be funny. That's that's the track path there. The only comedian I can think of that's been in the military off the top of my head is Luke Capasso. Oh, I didn't know he had been in the military. Yeah, Navy, I think so. right? He's funny. I'm not really sure. He can also kill you, like, super efficiently. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people in stand-up. Such a nice dude. You, yeah. Carter, uh... Doherty, he's one, but he's kind of an open micer. He was is really he, funny though. I think. Is he the guy with the oh, outrageously like? Is he's it Doherty? Big... Carter Doherty, Doherty, whatever it is. Okay. Oh, I was yeah, thinking of I a think... totally different person. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I was. I think he's like up in like Akron or some shit. Yeah, he hosted at the Funny Stop recently. That's in right all of those, right? Yeah. Okay. With Pete, that's a fun guy. <laughs> Did you ever go up there and meet Pete? No, I've not been to the I've never stuff. been to that club. Uh, it's like, okay, you go into like this strip mall type area past a bar on one side and like a coin star and some liquor Oh, so store. a good part of town. And you have to walk in, and the door isn't for the comedy club. It leads to a brick hallway that has access to the bar and a dollar store and a comedy club. That's what you want in a comedy club, adjacent to the dollar store in the unmarked hallway. (laughs) Exactly, but it's a great room. Like, you go in, and it's spacious, good territory. Great room once you get past a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you have to walk through a labyrinth before you get to the David Bowie, you know? (laughs) Also, are we recording right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. For sure. Why would we warn you about yes. that beforehand? <laughs> it feels like that place is run by the mob because the Pete, the guy who runs it, is like a uh, Eastern European guy. And when I tried to get on the mic when I was going through town, he he spoke in like three or four word sentences. It's like, hey, I know it was a bringer show, but no, you sit. And that was it. <laughs> just what? Just overly like, just pragmatic in every sentence that he's structuring. Yeah, just folded his arms and like nodding. He's like, "Okay, you on the mic first. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for a guy that was exactly like that. His name was Grandma Pete. Grandma. He's a dude that like started Grandma's Pizza. <laughs> There's like six okay. or seven of those franchises around. And the dude that started it's ran by his sons now, but the guy that started it, he spoke incredibly broken English. 
and would constantly threaten the Centos people that brought us our towels because he would take the bundles of towels they would bring back clean and count them to make sure that he wasn't being shorted towels. <laughs> and if he was missing more That's than so two, dude, he was so cheap about everything. And, and real old school in how he would, like, handle that situation. He wouldn't call, like, you know, Centos as a company and say, hey, you shorted me some towels. I need a he reimbursement. He threatened the delivery driver with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. He would just stand up Where from his... Where was this? Owensville, Ohio. <laughs> you can go oh, there. That's Grandma's how we roll in still there. <laughs> I just assume, like, every time you say a city in Ohio, if you... If you say a city in Ohio and I've never heard of it, I just assume it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> there, I think there's four. Four cities in Ohio that don't suck, like Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, and Toledo. Name another major. Or the, is, those are the four, right? There's no other major cities in Ohio? I'm going to – okay, this isn't going to be popular. I'm very much going to vouch for Dayton. Oh, I can't believe I forgot about Dayton. There are parts of Dayton that very much don't suck. Yeah, like within a huh. hundred yards of toxic brewing, and that's about it. Well, I mean, I work on the on the UD campus every Saturday when there's not a pandemic, and that part's pretty cool. <laughs> I like how okay. you. I love the way you phrase that. When there's not a pandemic, like it was skipping weeks. <laughs> every third <laughs> Saturday, when the pandemic lightens up, I go and work at the UD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, America kind of treats it like that, too. Yeah, like. we forget about it every four <laughs> weeks. Then it's like, oh, yeah, those numbers are still going yeah, up. It's going down. Maybe we should know. <laughs> Is that how you contracted it? Was working at UD? No, it was. No, I hadn't. I have not worked at because I DJ at a bar at UD and I haven't worked there since March. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where did I contracted you? it uh, from a small party. It was a few friends of ours. It was like six people people there and four of us came down with the virus oh man what about the other two they somehow avoided it what were they doing how did they avoid it were they drinking hand sanitizer (laughs) they were the only ones keeping six feet from everybody else there was one in the kitchen one in the bathroom and they never met the rest of the party (laughs) they were the only people not to participate in the kissing contest (laughs) There was a lot of alcohol and mushrooms, so some of us were, like, very, (laughs) very happy with each other. (laughs) You know, it might be the fungus, bro, but I fucking love you. It was actually, so fun fact, it was actually the first time I've ever taken mushrooms. Oh, my God. And I was, like, at my peak, I looked up at my buddy because he, like, had his hands on, like, my chest right here. Right, right, right. I looked up at my buddy laying like this, just, like, laying with my head up straight up. I looked at him and I said, man, I had no idea how many facial features you <laughs> <laughs> That was like the peak of my trip. <laughs> oh, man, that's great, dude. That's great. I mean, you had a good experience, right? It was pretty good. I mean, I mean, aside from the... Yes, aside from the COVID. <laughs> so like, it, like, it's like kind of... The trip kind of ended at like three thirty in the morning, but I felt like so my mind felt so clear. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've ever done mushrooms, but like that's the first time I've ever done them, and the only time I've ever done them. And my mind felt just so clear after that. I was like, oh man, I'm it's three thirty, three forty five in the morning. I'm awake as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... yeah. On 
go ahead, Luke. On so- some level, uh, I think psychedelics are like just rebooting the system because you get that great experience and you get like clarity and insight but also the next day you're just like oh i feel like a newborn baby with all my memories (laughs) right right (laughs) oh man when did you start doing comedy alex i started uh my freshman year of college in march of 2012 2012 okay so you were how old when you started freshman year yeah 19 years old did you I started always writing like... jokes in high school as a hobby? Ah, okay, all right. <laughs> Did you think and you were funny then? Later, just... Was I what? Did you like the jokes you were writing in high school, or were you, you know, self-hating oh, of your of own craft? I, I thought they were the shit. <laughs> did you did you like tell them? Did you perform them at all? Uh, like here and there. I think I did like a talent show and like the first time I ever like did stand up per se was like at a talent show in my high school. Okay. And I was like the in, they made me like the in between act or something like that. I wasn't actually a part of the talent show. I was just like the in between <laughs> guy. I went up and did, like... <laughs> did you try out? And they were like, uh, well, can you like sweep up between or. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, actually. I think I just, just maybe the in-between act. I, I did like three, I did like a minute, I did like three one-minute chunks in between or some shit like that. Oh, they made okay. you come out multiple times? Yeah. Dude, you were their monkey with symbols. That's all that was. <laughs> That's all that, hey, listen, can you just come out while we're resetting the stage for the next act? Like, we have three magicians, and we need someone to fill some time while they get their props together. <laughs> that is the time filler. We need someone to make the magicians look better. <laughs> so wait, that was also the first time I tried ventriloquism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't a ventriloquist. You didn't host it at all, or? No, I didn't host it. I just, just like an in-between act. I, I wrote, the jokes I wrote in high school were like late night monologue jokes. Okay, all right. Okay. Like jokes, like news story, punchline. I did like a few of those. And then okay. Do I you remember any of them? Just... <laughs> I, uh, oh boy. One was about like music stereotypes or like how people act if they like a certain type of music i very vaguely remember the bit but it just i haven't told it in like six months so (laughs) wait 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 hold on (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) i told once and left it there that was yeah. a wise decision. What was decision. the reaction like to <laughs> your segment of the talent? There were show? some people laughing, but I remember like one of the super or who was like assistant principals was like it had its moments. <laughs> <laughs> I realized now I was like it was my first time ever doing stand up. Right. So like it, it, it had its moments. But also as like a new guy, at least I was like this. But any piece of affirmation or stuff, I'm like, okay, that was good. I did really good there. <laughs> but now that I do it, I won't take any positive feedback because I'm like, okay, now I actually know what's good. So you're right, right. And then you just tell those, you just run those jokes into the ground for. For like five, six years. Yeah. I hate this. 
So the talent show was like your first thing. When did you actually like decide to get into stand up? So you were 19. Like what spurred that decision? Uh, free time. I'm just like, I mean, I'm an adult now. I have a car. I can go places. Okay. All right. So that was it. Would you say it started as like a pastime, just like, you know, a thing that you could do because you had time? I, I, when I, from the moment I started, I'm like, this is something I want to do. Ah, you got bit by that bug. I got bit by the bug. Like when I started in high school, um, I regularly submitted to like a New York Times blog. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, there were like 10 fucking people that submitted to it. And the first time I made it, I'm like, I'm going to do this forever now. Oh, you actually, like, they, they, they actually like accepted some of your submissions and stuff? It was not the actual New York Times like paper. It was just like a blog. The blog was called Laugh Lines. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So, were you like submitting jokes and stuff, or just like written stories? Yeah, jokes. Oh, dude, the that's New York super Times cool. still did it. Yeah, right. That was that's amazing. <laughs> they removed it like ten years ago. Oh, sad day. Oh, and your claim to fame just <laughs> evaporated. <laughs> And any evidence that it happened? Claim oh, the fame is that midnight. God damn. <laughs> Wait, are you joking? Did you actually? I had a tweet on at midnight. What? Yeah. How did I not know this about you? Oh man, it was a while ago. I don't really talk about it all that much, but here I am, still milking it. <laughs> well, that's milkable. That, yeah, dude, that that's cow a big is deal. ripe. What was what was the tweet? Uh, th so they had like a hashtag wars. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And the, uh, the topic that day was, I believe, make a celebrity Irish because it was around St. Patrick's Day. Okay. And my submission was carrot top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is really shoot. good. And that's 100% you, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even if it, I've always said, I've said this many times. I am a sucker for a stupid joke. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yes, and one hundred percent. I just thought that was funny and submitted it, and it got a it, like at midnight retweeted it, and then the next day it was like on their Tumblr page they had like uh, their ten finalists for like who could be the tweet of the day, and I tuned in, and I'm like. And I saw my tweet kind of like scroll up on the screen, like the tweet of the day. And I was just like, no fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> my okay. name was, my Twitter name was, my Twitter name was Groper Cleveland at the time. And I have thankfully <laughs> since. <laughs> Very much since changed it. <laughs> I like that we have no evidence that any of this happened right there <laughs> it's like no first of all my twitter track. username hasn't happened the blog got taken down but trust me the two times i was famous the the tweet on comedy central it's still my twitter header oh yeah it's like my twitter cover photo oh gotcha okay okay, okay so, so we the, got some corroborating evidence yeah we can, we there's a there's can a line for archaeologists to find one day <laughs> if they dig through my Twitter feed and if I want to get canceled someday. If you want to get canceled, you got weird goals. No, if, I, man. If, I, if, I, if I am to get canceled someday. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, if you want to get canceled, here's your opportunity on our next segment. <laughs> 
Let's get canceled, Schubert. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a real segment. I'm like, gotcha. We don't have segments. What are your thoughts on race? Race. Can we can we can we get off the air and then I'll say my thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, just just hard cut right here. Silence. (laughs) Okay, I've stopped recording. Go ahead. Okay, enough talk about, you know, your success stories. That's not what this show is about. That's not what people came here for. They when, did not. The first time that you actually tried to do stand-up, other than being the weird time filler at that talent show, <laughs> how, did, how did that go? Where was it? Set the scene. Tell us the tale. Spin your yarn, bro. So my first time I ever did it was at Go Bananas. Oh, bang rang. And uh, it was uh, – I don't count my first month because I did it once a month. Okay. So I'm like, that's I wasn't really taking it seriously. I was just doing it yeah. once a month. And that's, really that's Go Bananas in Cincinnati, Ohio, Montgomery, really. Yeah, right down the road from the Camargo dealership. <laughs> it was uh, – I. it was my first time. I brought, like, a bunch of, like, my family, and I ate my dick up there for, like, five minutes. I had <laughs> – I, I remember I had a joke about how fat women should wear yoga pants, and I'm like, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so terrible. But this would have been like, you know, one of the Wednesday night pro-ams, right? Yes, one so, of the Wednesday night pro So you had to invite people to listen to you say these awful things. Uh-huh. How many bringers uh-huh. did you have? I want to say I had like nine or ten. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Please come listen the whole to me do stand-up. The classic first time. <laughs> so, how did you feel about the audience reaction? Was it like true bomb, all silence, or... Chuckle that best. Okay, some chuckles. I though. mean, that's better, man. That's better than silence or just having people flat-out boo you. I feel like the chuckles were, like, partially uncomfortable for them. <laughs> yeah. Uncomfortable chuckles. I know that chuckle. He's trying, but God damn it, we wish this was better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you kept going back to it. This is something you wanted to do in, like, what, high school and middle school? or uh, Mainly high school. I didn't really know about the concept of stand-up uh, in middle school. I just knew. The two comics I remember from middle school were Dane Cook and Brian Regan. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Solid starts. But did you doing it for that long, was that the thing that made you keep coming back to it? What do you mean? Like you said, you did it once a month for like six months. And I just wanted to, that was what I thought was just keep doing Go Bananas and that's how I get better. And then like, I think a couple people approached me about like bar shows and stuff. And they said, come to uh, the first mic, the first, one of the first bar mics I did was Baba Boudin's in Clifton, which is now Clifton Heights Tavern. Okay. And I consider my official start um, in like late March of 2012 when I did Mayday, which is now Northside Yacht Club. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> you really have this pattern of everything, <laughs> like changing locations. If someone wanted to track your comedy career without you, that PI would have a hell of a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just make it so easy on him. 
Yeah, everything changes names every three months. It's <laughs> Welcome to the Cincinnati bar scene. <laughs> yeah. I did sets at the Newport Funny Bone, which is now not in existence. Hey, man, I'm pretty sure someone's storing things in there. It's a large storage unit that still has the signs. <laughs> really? I don't know, man. I just say things. <laughs> I would love to go in the Newport Funny Bunch just to see what it's like right now. Just dust and tables. Have you seen the movie The Prestige? No, I have not. Well, this yeah. is going nowhere then. At the end of the movie, he rents this completely broken down theater and the whole place is just molding in on itself. That's what it looks like inside the Newport Funny Bone right now. <laughs> Speaking of magicians. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, you're unfairly excluding hypnotists. <laughs> I I don't know if I want magicians or hypnotists on my comedy shows. Like, <laughs> I've seen some come up and go bananas and, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a magician. I mean, I mean, Jeff Dunham did go bananas like twenty some years ago. He was but we, I've never seen a magician or a ventriloquist. I mean, I've seen magicians at pro ams. <laughs> yeah. I remember one dude. I remember one dude. He was when the pro am ago, man, he was a magician. Uh, his mic got cut off or something or something like that <laughs> before he can finish a trick. <laughs> that I think near, near the end of the show, he's like, Can I go up and finish my trick? Are you serious? <laughs> was he just left awkwardly holding like a dove and three scarves and he's like but wait wait i and he just walks on stage with them there was also another um i've completely forgot about this there was a uh, a comic he was like suit he was just this young kid he came in from like denmark or something oh my god his name was gustav i don't know if you're i don't know if luke if you've been around long enough to remember him but he was like this really young kid he did magic he did magic. He did stand up, and he had his closer was a card trick, where he would bring a woman on stage, and give him a sharpie and a card, and said, "Write your name and phone number on this card." Uh. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> Gustav was funny. A typical Gustav. Yeah. <laughs> his name was Gustav Lausen. Oh man, that that name is a mouthful. We should for sure have a magician. On oh, this absolutely! We need to have a magician on this podcast. I'll have to control myself because I don't respect them at all. But <laughs> once they're like purely magicians and they go into comedy clubs, oh, man. what are open mic nights for magicians like? <laughs> it's a lot of rabbits getting out of the hat before they're supposed to. That's all that is. It's just small animals just escaping into a bar out of people's coats. God, that's got to sound brutal. Just oh, man. Hours of really bad card tricks. <laughs> like, I had oh, a joke. It didn't really work. But it, uh, it was an impression of a magician um, doing self promotion. The joke was, a magician doing self-promotion. Is this my card? <laughs> <laughs> that got me. Yeah, yeah. It, it got never me. really works, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, getting back to, to you and your life as, as a bombing comedian... Uh, what... <laughs> <laughs> Could have worded better. <laughs> hey, man, I choose my words very carefully. 
<laughs> when's the first time okay. that you remember bombing and it just like it was the moment that you were like, ow, that stings, that hurts. Like the disillusionment of, you know, the first couple times where you get some chuckles and you think it's great. And then you, you, that moment when you realize, oh, I'm bombing really badly because I'm still really bad at comedy. When was that? It was on Billy DeVore's staircase. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay, so a house show? Like, was. Um, <laughs> no, so Alex DeVore just broke in. <laughs> oh, it's my worst bombing story of all time. <laughs> it so, was. Uh, Billy had a Christmas show, or he had a Christmas, uh, Christmas show. He had a Christmas party. Uh, at his uh, parents' house. It was a bunch of his family and friends. Okay. And he said, me, Seamer, and Billy are all going to do stand-up on a staircase. I think I did 10, Seamer did 10, and then Billy went up and did like 15. I went up for about 10 minutes, told some of the jokes I normally tell, but also told some like kind of dirtier jokes. And I ate my dick the entire time <laughs> in front of Billy's family and friends. Wait, so you were telling dirty jokes to like his mom? <laughs> yeah, and his mom. I think they like. I think they like dirty jokes, but they're also like super conservative. Yeah, and but also dirty super jokes. conservative, so they probably didn't like it. <laughs> Plus, it's Christmas. <laughs> Arguably the most wholesome day in the whole year. And that's when you decide to go blue? Oh, man. <laughs> Do you think that... Was that the major problem with it? That it was dirty? Or... Did they just not like you? <laughs> I just don't think they liked me. Oh, man. That's and so jokes were blue and... Okay, it, it, it was a disaster. Oh my god! How close god. is this? I'm picturing you on like a a holly covered staircase banister <laughs> in a Christmas sweater, just downtrodden, and just hoping the next work <laughs> joke will work, and then being crushed when it doesn't for ten minutes. Is that Tis about the, the size of it? To be bombing, follow <laughs> <laughs> So you're on a staircase. Where's everybody else? Like, how many people were there? They're in, they're in his family room. Okay, so, like, family room with, like, the staircase leading up to the upstairs bedrooms or what have you. How many people yeah, were there hating you? <laughs> oh, it wasn't an empty room. I want to say <laughs> 30 people. Oh, my God. So it literally is like all of Billy's friends and family. Yeah. Like there's a solid crowd there, and oh man, <laughs> I went oh. up first. Of course, so you, and then you had Seymour to crack and the I'm egg. Abney, who's the dirtiest comic in Cincinnati. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, how did they react to him? I don't remember because I was too busy, like, upset about my set. <laughs> Stealing the rest of Christmas like the Grinch. <laughs> I stole the energy from that room. <laughs> did you stay in the room or did you, like, relieve yourself outside or something to, like, try and detach from I stayed from in the room. I watched. Oh, that's Super brutal. Stand -up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. They did better than I did, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> A Christmas bomb. I didn't even imagine that being a thing, but that's got to be the hardest bomb. Yeah, dude. There's so it's many more elements. Today, it's one of the hardest. I mean, can you count open mics as bombs? 
I mean, I mean if it's I, bad I would, enough. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I would depend. Like, if there's just five the other comics there. Okay, the worst you've ever bombed was at an open mic. No, like, can you say the worst you've ever bombed was at an open mic? Because I feel like, yeah, like, you oh, your book, like you're actually anus. doing show. I feel like those bombing stories are much more fun. Because I have obvious, yeah. there were some sets. I remember one particular set of the video archive. I got three laughs the entire time. Meaning one person laughed at one punchline. One person left in another punchline. <laughs> so another you're, person left in another punchline. You're not saying that the audience laughed three times. You're literally saying you got three individual laughs from individual <laughs> yeah, <that's> exactly. people. <laughs> and also not the same person. So <laughs> not at the none same of these time. people ah. no, none of these people were in your corner for any amount of real time. They were like, he might get, get me. Nope, no, nope, not nope. for that. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. So dude. open mics, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna bomb at open mics. You're, yeah. you're it's gonna happen. Because I remember I went to New York. Uh, the first time I ever went to New York, I just there were some sets I just did not do well. Like I bombed in front of a headliner that I actually really like. Oh, that stings, man! When you suck at a yeah. craft in front of someone that you respect for that craft. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Who New York was can be, you went to New York, Fagginbush, didn't you? Yeah, for a couple days. And I think I did, like, The Creek in the Cave or The Laughing Buddha. Yeah, some of those open mics. I don't Hi, like guys. they have to pay the Buddha. Buddha's a good room. Yeah, we just did it because the timing was right. We couldn't make anything else. And we're like, ah, well, we're tourists in New York. What are we going to do? And they gave us a notebook. So, yeah, I bought a notebook. I don't remember getting any kind of notebook from <laughs> Is this another bombing story? Did they have a notebook in hand and they're like, uh, maybe I remember I did a <laughs> Yeah, that was actually a pretty fun room. It is, it's a good room, but it's like there's, I mean, like the paying aspect. You have to like yeah. buy a drink and you have to pay to perform in general. Because before and after that, I'd say never pay to do an open mic. Yes. But also I did it. <laughs> before and after that, I would say never pay for an open yeah. mic. There's a 15-minute period when we decided to do it where I'd be like, yeah, go for it. Sure, I did it. Look at me. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, yeah, that was a mistake. With New York is people are, and I'm, I was kind of the same way too. People are so hungry for stage time in New York. They'll do the Buddha. Yeah, yeah, They'll do yeah, the sure. And regularly, too. I couldn't imagine paying every single time I went to an open As mic. expensive as New York is in general. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah, like the Creek, you don't have to pay at all. They just, they have great food. The The rooms are cool. The comics are, are fun. I remember I did the Creek one night and then ended, I think I went from, from the Creek and then went to uh, watch a show at the Cellar. Oh, oh yeah, nice. yeah, hell yeah! Like Tom Takar was on it, uh, Atel was on it. Hell yeah, that's an amazing. I just show. laugh at Tom Takar's name. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I remember those bits. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> My first night ever at the cellar. I went in 2017. The last comic on the bill was Kevin Hart. Are you oh, for real? Hell yeah. 
Yep. Dude, I watched him do about 25 minutes. I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. Yeah, yeah. Just to watch somebody that's like, you know, at the top of their game, literally riding the world like a wave, just roll into a place and be like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? That's the weird thing about, like, that's a thing that's totally different between other forms of performing. Because, like, occasionally an artist will, like, crash a concert and they'll do a duet with somebody. But that is way more rare than, you know, if you attend a comedy club regularly and just seeing, like, some incredibly talented comedian just be like, oh, he just walked in. Oh, she's here? Are we? Yeah, she's going to do some time. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's this crazy surprise gift that the audience gets that it's just like, yeah, they, they literally just walked in. And now this amazing thing that is happening. New York's full of that energy, though, of just, like, magic it just sprouting like a, like a twig out of the park. Like, I remember my last show that I went to at the cellar, there were people talking outside, like, because Ryan, you know Ryan Hamilton at all? No. No, can't say I do. He's He's been, like, a comedy vet forever. He's done it. He's, like, one of the nicest dudes in comedy. He's very, very funny. He ate his dick. <laughs> I like that that's your go-to <laughs> line for bombing. <laughs> he, no, it's he didn't not, just it's, eat a dick. It was his, his dick. He cut it off, he cooked it, and he ate it on Bombed stage. <laughs> he, he did not do well that night. But there were people talking outside of the cellar. Like, oh, that one Ryan guy was not funny. And I was just sitting there like, do you realize where you just were? <laughs> right. You're, on like, you're at one of the best comedy now? clubs in the world, and you're bitching about a guy that had a bad set? Hey, man, people suck. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a generality. People are terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hardest club to get it into in the country, and you're just like, well, that you're – talking less about the guy was funny well that's just it that's the thing about those people that are saying that it wasn't hard for them to get in because they were getting in for a completely different reason they're just like yeah i'm here entertain me oh you didn't do that terrible one thing about comedy clubs a lot of the time when you go and see stuff you're not going where the performers like hang out most of the times in life, you don't have like a cheers where everybody goes to the same bar every right, yeah. time and sees every... No, this is actually where comedians hang out and do their work yeah. and interact with the audience. So it's just... It's like an ant farm where the people can look through the glass and see us <laughs> like moving around and living. Yeah, because a show of like... Because you'll get theater acts in the South, like the South, for example. You'll get theater acts in there regularly. So a crowd of 150 people, while we think of that as like, oh, do your best shit, that's their open mic. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They're just the trying best stuff out. The in the world is their trial spot. Yeah. It's where they do their homework. It's nuts to think about. So speaking of open mics, what I do think an open mic is bombing but what's your worst experience with an open mic? Oh, every time I've gone up at the Motor Writers. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've heard that so many stories. Has, to this day, been the only time I've been booed. It was just me <laughs> doing my set to like five people at a bar. It wasn't even a crowd that I got mad or anything. It was just one guy and he looks at me and he's just like, Boo! <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead night. And he decided. Oh, really to... <laughs> <bad. laughs> 
So, I mean, how would you describe Motor to people who don't live in Cincinnati? And... It's a punk rock Motor, cave. Um, yeah, Motor is rock. a great place. Um, they have great downstairs shows. Okay, um, uh, they have a downstairs room. It's very like yeah. Please clarify that there's a downstairs room because when you said they have great downstairs shows, I was like, well, what kind of shows are those? Those yeah, sound very exciting. Donkey show. I want to see that they downstairs, have a downstairs show. Room. It's, <laughs> it's very set up for comedy. Like Hannibal Burris did a set there a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I remember that. Was was it at Motor that Rudick walked Hannibal out? <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that was that? the drinkery. Oh, the drinkery. Okay. <laughs> it was too drunk, too loud. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, man. Speaking of not doing great in front of your idols, that's got to be crushing. <laughs> we got to have Rudick on here to talk about that. that that'd be an amazing story <laughs> to hear from his perspective of, like, what were you saying that made Hannibal yeah. hate you and Cincinnati? <laughs> so what happened to you, Alex? What happened to you at Motor? I just, well, okay, so to keep describing it, there's a downstairs room that's great for comedy. And there's an upstairs, it's a main area. It has a stage and a very indifferent crowd on Tuesdays. Yeah, Yeah, they're a music crowd. They like music most of the time. I think, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think the writer's night, the performers are background noise. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because like they don't really that. pay attention to the music acts, but you can't. I don't know if you can really bomb as a musician. I'm sure you can, but but when you're doing stand up, you expect an immediate response. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you're going up and telling jokes to people who aren't listening, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, that crowd is the last type of person that. If you ask them for something or expect something of them, their first response is always going to be, nah, man, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's that I have always like, I've like, and I, I, I say this, I like Motor. I have tried. Oh, yeah. I love Motor and I love hanging out there and drinking there. But that mic is always going to be, I don't know if it's helpful for comedy I'm convinced to go up there every now and then, and I don't think I've had a good experience yet. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to avoid, completely avoid open mics because you know they're going to suck. Like, yeah. But that mic in particular is just so bad. The chance of success is so low. you got to get your spirit ready before you go in there. You're like, can my ego take this now? Yeah. What am I doing the next three days? Because I need to recover. I need some me time after this. A blanket and some a, hot cocoa. Moot is a music and comedy open mic. If it's a strictly comedy open mic... It just consistently just doesn't do well, then it's probably not going to last. Right, yeah. Mm. But if it's a music and comedy open mic that that lasts long and and comics rarely do well, then I just completely. I, I mean, I try to avoid that mic at costs. Yeah. What was what was your time like doing it? Was it just same thing? Just no response. I mean, I got a response probably. 15 to 20 percent of the time 
Well, that's pretty good for. Yeah, motor. that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad for that room. <laughs> How many people were there? Ah, uh, probably like fifteen. I mean, yeah, that's not terrible. <laughs> that's not. It really isn't. I mean, if you think if there's fifteen but people there. But they're not watching the show. They're facing the bar. They're just, they're hanging out. They don't really give a shit about their performers. So when you're in that situation, this this is something that I find interesting. Do you continue on like whatever you set up your set list to be, or do you have certain things that you have like uh, in your chamber that that'll try and get the crowd to engage, even if it's just something to turn their head around? Like maybe it's not a joke, but something that'll get a reaction, so they start actually listening to your jokes. Do you have like any like you know shoot from the hip tricks, so to speak? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. No. Like, if this plane starts to list. dip, it's going down. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like get, I'm not going to say shit that's going to get me canceled, but <laughs> I'm just going to go up. I'm going to try my jokes the best I can. Best case scenario, you like kind of nail down like a joke. Like you, because every time you do an open mic, you're like literally talking a joke out on stage. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah it is like valuable in a sense like you're like getting the wording down getting the timing down that much better right getting those reps in just building that muscle every time i've done it i just take i've just taken with a grain of salt yeah but when you're when you're up there and not getting a response you don't like address that everyone is not loving it or read the room or you you just Head to the plow. Let's <laughs> try our best. I actually, I wanted to talk about this. I came up with this kind of like metaphor for what or how you handle a bomb. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot like being rejected by a girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can because see Because you have to have a short memory because if you, if you have a punchline bomb and it sounds like being rejected by a girl – what you gotta do is just have a short memory and tell the next joke as if that never happened. Yeah, I like the short memory aspect of that. Yeah. But and there's and there's more to it. You uh if you let that bombing punchline get to your head and you're you're clearly rattled by it, the crowd will know that and they will not be on your side for the rest of the show. And it's a lot like if you ask ask the next girl out with that previous rejection in mind, she's gonna be like, He has no confidence. Yeah, Am I making sense at all? You're making perfect sense. You can't sense. carry that hurt around. And so much of comedy is like ego, where if you take it personally, you're going to convince the audience that you suck. Yep. Just by what you're, how you're saying stuff and how you're moving. Yes. And the last part of that metaphor, you when a punchline bombs, you can't turn on a crowd and say, fuck you, that was funny, <laughs> you guys are wrong. Because that's the equivalent of having the girl say no and then you calling her a bitch. Okay, incel. <laughs> the incel He's saying he the, shouldn't the, do that. He's saying oh, no, he shouldn't I'm, I'm be not an calling, incel. Yeah, yes. I'm not calling you an incel. I was saying that person is an incel. That's very incel-like. <laughs> and strangely enough, those they're the same people. The same people who yeah. do that on stage are the same people who do that to women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. For those, for the listeners, uh, a, a name was just mouthed. Thank you for mouthing it. We don't even have to edit it out now. 
It's like, I mean, of all the times that that person has been called out on local Cincinnati podcast, this is the first time that someone has not had to go in and edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> Huge victory. Wins around all over the place. <laughs> Thank you for our editing. <laughs> You're really cleaning this, this up for us, Alex. If you could just beep every time I say the word fuck, then that would be great. <laughs> Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. And I just barely caught the tail end of it, too. I was like, oh, his mouth is moving, but there's no sound. Is something broken? Oh, no. I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll have him on. <laughs> or her. Or her. Yes. They will be on the show. He or she will tell some stories. <laughs> Alex, do you have any any bits of advice? You've definitely shared like a very solid philosophy. That's already like an amazing uh, thing. If just for like a new comic to keep in mind, or a performer of any kind, like if you're not getting the response that you want on stage, don't take it personally. Just like you said, have a short memory about it, and just continue pursuing your passion in a way that makes you feel fulfilled. If you're not able to do that, maybe consider getting a job, because <laughs> perhaps <laughs> performing isn't for you. Oh man. Don't like like don't quit your job like two years in, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I gotta quit my job. Cause jobs like they can lead to like life experience. They can enhance your act, they can enhance your worldview, which right. Like they enhance your worldview, which in a sense enhances your act. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You gotta broaden that perspective. If all you're doing is comedy what are you going to talk about? You got to live a little to yeah, yeah. address material. One of my favorite quotes, uh, we mentioned Chris Seamer earlier, and he's always talking about, like, I have to live a life that's, like, worth talking about to people. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. And uh, another thing about the job thing is, uh, you know, a worldwide pandemic might wipe out all live performance for a couple months so that's a that's a good thing to have in your back pocket <laughs> oh man or you could learn to live in your car and make ramen noodles on a hot plate plugged into a cigarette lighter the choice is yours <laughs> oh that sounds insane i gotta turn my car on just so i can eat <laughs> and not freeze to death i have one bill it's for gasoline and that's literally <laughs> it. <laughs> it's seven hundred dollars a month. <laughs> oh so, man, Alex, I dude, had go a ahead, question Luke. Before we do close it out, you are not just a comic as a performer. You DJ, right? Oh, I do yeah. that. You yes. had mentioned that up top. Have you ever bombed as a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes perfect here's how you bomb as a dj people leave the venue <laughs> they're just like fuck this place we're going somewhere else with a better dj <laughs> Just imagine that happening at a wedding reception. They're like, we, they haven't done the cake yet. I don't care. This playlist is awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lauren. It's your special day. But he just played 
<laughs> Country road, back to back. I'm leaving. So my gig at UD, I got hassled to play that song. Oh, I'm sure you did, man. That was very oh, popular 100%. amongst the, 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 the was newly that, Was that kids. your bomb? Did, did you just play Country Road too much? No, I mean, I only play a song once a night. That's good. Good practice. <laughs> I mean, you can bomb if you don't play a song. Like if somebody requests something and they're like, no, I'm not doing that? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. What's the number one thing that you like don't play? People say, hey, play this. And you're just like, no, I'm never, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sometimes my the, the line I was told to say, if you don't want to play a song is I'll see what I can do. There you go. <laughs> it just implies that you have to like call a manager. <laughs> You're like a car salesman. Let me go talk to him. I'll see what I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. call the finance people. We'll see. If I, we I can worked work him out. down to Cotton Eye Joe. Does that do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a super funny. They request something. You're like, you know, I don't have. Uh, Rap God by Eminem, but what I do have is Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Will that work? Is that a fair <laughs> trade? No? Well, sorry about it. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about this real quick. A lot of times when people request a song, they just want to feel cool. Like, they want their song played. Because, like, some people come up to me like, do you take requests? I'm like, yeah, what do you want? They're like, uh... And they think about it for a second. Like, come prepared. Oh, for real? What a grand yes. waste of time. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like they just want if they if I play their song, they instantly feel cooler. So they like they come up to me like, hey, can I request something? But they don't come prepared with a request. It's annoying as <laughs> hell. So sound. dumb. That's so dumb. Do you ever Okay, and this is me in a DJ environment. Do you ever get the guy who goes up and is just request stuff to be a dick? Like, my go-to is she thinks my tractor is sexy. Every time there's a DJ, <laughs> I will ask for that song. Uh, not real, not to my knowledge. <laughs> but you may just be like, yeah, that guy likes she thinks my tractor is sexy. I do notice that the, the, the worse, the, the more I dislike a song, the more insistent that person is that I play it. <laughs> they see like, it in your fuck. face. <laughs> it's like the one song on my list that I'm like going out of my way to avoid and they keep requesting it. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I haven't DJed in like five and a half months, so I'm a little rusty right now. What like how do you get rusty at DJing? Like, what is the <laughs> art and the science to go? I mean, don't you just have like, well, here's my wedding list. Here's the ones that they wanted to add to that wedding list. Here's the one I play at bar mitzvahs. I have no idea what goes into being a DJ. Do you practice vibing and chilling? Do you practice <laughs> that in a mirror? I mean, like I'm very slowly downloading songs that have been like coming out since the pandemic. Oh, okay. So it's like, I guess if you get rusty, you play in September and you play songs that haven't been on the charts since March. Oh, okay. okay. You got to keep up with the new music. Yeah. Keep up with it, the new music. 
if somebody's like, I want some WAP, there's some hoes in this house. <laughs> and you're like, what? They're like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving now. So uh, a remix of Ben Shapiro reciting the lyrics yes. came out. <laughs> and I so badly want to play that in a nightclub. <laughs> play that version where Ben Shapiro is voicing over it with <laughs> some wet ass P word. Yeah, he, <laughs> yes, he said that. <laughs> and it's on beat too. It's really good. <laughs> Well, now I know what I'm looking up after we get off of this uh, Zoom call or it's whatever. It's <laughs> I Mark Keys remix. Okay, gotcha. the I Mark Keys remix. Yeah, oh, of course man. you you know the exact remix because you're a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one where he just superimposes his face over the music video? I don't think so. No, it's just like <laughs> they him. They do that too. <laughs> it's him on like uh, a a. Where he's like a correspondent or some shit, like on a talk show. And, or I don't know if it was a talk show, but it was like a news show. And he's like reading the lyrics, like, this gets really vulgar. <laughs> and he's like reading the lyrics from his computer, but the beat is like, there's some whores in this house. There's some hoes in this house. There's... And him reading that, there's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. <laughs> it's like he's reading it to Congress. The lyrics, it's on the beat. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I so badly want to play that at a DJ night. Oh my god. Well, let us know if that bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Will. And I can't wait. Hell yeah, man. Do you have any like comedy shows coming up? You getting booked on anything? You have anything coming up in the works? Uh, I do. Uh, oh, August twenty ninth. August twenty ninth. I'll be at Go Bananas in the parking lot. And oh hell yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, you're doing comedy. I thought you were just saying you were going to be <laughs> in the parking lot. I forget. We're in a weird world where everything happens outside now. <laughs> yeah. If y'all want to hang out in the parking lot, hit me up there. I've been looking at the wind. I've been looking through the windows, all sad. <laughs> I like the line "looking at the wind" better. <laughs> Being the parking at the lot, that, looking at the wind. <laughs> that sounds like a Phil Collins song. No. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the wind. Looking at the wind and the air tonight. <laughs> Yo, wind is just moving air. That's what I realized. That's all it is, baby. All it is. Alex, do you have any uh, socials that people can find you at? Are you on the medias? Uh, Got a couple more shows I was going to plug. Oh, uh, we'll do that nope. then. What Everybody the hell? Everybody gets one. <laughs> Everybody gets one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> well, it's some, I don't know the date yet, but at some point in September, I'll get the um, Comedy at the Grotto. It's outside of the Comet in the uh, oh, north side. Hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. I don't know the date yet. Uh, this is actually kind of a unique one. Um, it's not a show, but August 28th for the Florence Freedom Baseball Team. I'm singing the National Anthem. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. I know you sold a cutout to them, like, so you're <laughs> in the crowd. Oh, to the Reds, and this is Florence Freedom, right? But I'm singing the national anthem for the Florence Freedom. Okay, not, not as big a deal as singing the anthem for the Reds, but I'm still proud of you. <laughs> Who is? Oh, oh no, no, I, I thought you had said you were singing it for the Reds. Reds. No, for the no. Florence Freedom. 
Small yeah, team. <laughs> no, the funny thing is I grew up in northern Kentucky, so I've been to their games. I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get to the socials. Um, Big Shubes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Alex Schubert on Facebook. Uh, that's pretty much it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Follow him on the things. Find out when that show in September is. Dude, seriously, so funny on social media and live. It was a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> dude, thank you. I enjoyed this. This is fun. Yeah, dude, this was super silly and amazing. Thank you so much for being here. When does the episode drop? Uh, maybe uh, we're doing episodes every other week for now, so it might be like... It'll probably be before that show in September, right? Maybe? Yeah, let's try and get it out before <laughs> September. 